Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, thanks for joining me today. If you're catching me live or uh, in archive, uh, again, welcome. Uh, I am a, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is, again, Jim Ventura. I'm a professional navigational consultant. Uh, my broad term for being an astrologer, uh, expertise in numerology, tarot, runes, animal totems, a number of different types of oracles I work with. I have a home office here in Phoenix where I work with uh, about uh, between 10 to 20 clients a week in private sessions. I also do phone consultations for people out of area. Uh, if you want any information on my personal services, go to my website at jimventura.com and you can get information on sessions. I'm also a published author. I've got a couple of published books, and I do a monthly column called uh, Snake Oil. Uh, if you're already getting the column uh, sent each month, uh, email me at venturasaj at yahoo.com. You should be able to get that information on the Blog Talk site, too, if you want to be able to get the uh, monthly newsletter sent to you directly. Uh, it is blind copied out, so uh, no one will ever uh, get your email address, and it is a once-a-month column. Um, I, I always laugh because sometimes when I mention the opportunity to do so to clients, they say, I hope I don't get a lot of emails. And it's like, believe me, it takes me quite a bit of work to do each month's column. So uh, there's never a lot of emails. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a constant book in, in effect that I'm writing. Uh, so uh, each, each month's column. So there's quite a bit of work involved in it. So no, no, not lots of emails. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, this is our live column read, uh, this month's column. We're going to read the column that I uh, presently put out this month, and then I'm going to talk a bit, a bit more about that column and a few other topics that, that connect with this for today's show. I won't be taking live calls uh, for today's show simply because we don't have really a long enough show to uh, encompass that. Uh, I will be doing an astrology update show I believe next week or the week after on Thursday. Um, check the schedule here. And uh, halfway through the astrology update shows, I do take live calls for five-minute mini uh, questions that, that people want to ask about and maybe a rune pull or a tarot card or two uh, to come up as well. So uh, that will be the next week of the week after. Again, I'm not sure of the schedule specifically, but uh, I am doing one of those. So uh, again, welcome uh, to the show. Uh, I'm going to do the column read now. And uh, this, this particular column is actually a column from six years ago that I wrote and, and decided to rerun. Uh, at this point, for I've actually been doing the column for about almost 13 years now. So uh, I, I, I do a new column. Uh, there's a new column maybe five or six times a year, and then half the other uh, times in the year I, I run an old column, especially because a lot of people are new to getting my newsletters uh, and blog columns, so they uh, never heard these columns anyway. Or it's a good reminder in that respect as well, too, if you uh, if it's been a number of years since I published it. Or you can look at it as, as me being lazy. <laughs> but I'm allowed to. It's my column. Uh, anyway, so uh, let's read today's column, uh, and then we'll talk again a little bit more about it in, in some depth. Uh, this particular piece is called The Old Man is Down the Road, or Is He? Uh, originally published in 2010. I recently read a passage from the Book of Runes to a client, and it took a minute for my eyes to adjust so that I could see the words more clearly. 
this is an issue that is fairly new to me. I don't wear glasses because I've never needed them. My eyesight has always been somewhere between average and exceptional. Now that I'm in my mid-40s, I've suddenly become a little farsighted. We talked about the meaning of the rune stone that was meant for her that day. It clearly related to what was presently happening in her life. This prompted me to tell her about a similar experience I had been through years ago when I was in my early 30s. My client was generally stunned to find out I was 45. She thought I was currently in my mid-30s. It was a beneficial session for her and for me. Uh, while I gracefully received this compliment, I think realistically that I can pull off maybe mid to late 30s at best. Still, I do hear this often. People tell me that I look much younger than my present age. In fact, I've always heard this. Even when I was 20, people often think I looked a few years younger. Of course, I hated it then. Uh, uh, but at this point in my life, I've experienced uh, very little of the negative effects of aging. I'm in excellent shape because I work out three or four times a week. I eat a fairly healthy diet. There are, things are not sagging and falling apart like I was told would happen. Uh, quote, inevitably after 40. Internally and externally, things are, are working nicely. I have very few, if any, wrinkles on my face. This is probably because I rarely tanned when I was younger. My skin is uh, more on the fair side, so the few times I tried to tan when I was in my teens and early 20s, it just resulted in me getting really red. After a few sunburns, I got wise enough to accept the reality of my skin and gave up tanning. This combined with good genetics, uh, everyone in my family looks younger than we are, and taking care of my body inside and out has contributed to my aging well. Well, I've never been fanatical about it. I actually love the experience of taking care of my skin and body. I use moisturizers daily and even use home facial masks twice a month. I brush my teeth and floss often, trim hairs that spring up in all the wrong places, and put a fair amount of energy into looking good. The care and maintenance of my physical body is something I do not see as a chore. I see it as a kind of fun privilege and a gift. Taking care of my body and doing my best to look good makes sense to me. The need and value of keeping the vehicle that I drive around in, my body, in optimal condition to me is unquestionable. Years ago, I dated someone who was chatting with his friends about staying fit and healthy and looking younger. I shared their enthusiasm for that part of the conversation. I began to lose interest, however, when it shifted to Botox, chemical facial peels, facelifts, and liposuction. I understand why people do these things, and I definitely don't judge their choices. Hell, I had my teeth professionally bleached a few years ago. I even briefly had a hairpiece in my late 20s. I question the overuse of surgery and the wisdom of injecting poison into your face to eliminate wrinkles, though. There are a number of safer natural ways to practice healthy vanity without needing to resort to these types of extremes. Often people use surgical and questionable injections in a compulsive way. And after a while, many begin to look a little ridiculous. Endless stretched skin and rounds of liposuction, breast augmentation, lip injections, and other forms of plastic surgery can turn an attractive person into a little bit of a freak. Well, there are definitely practical reasons from my experience with aging well. There are also metaphysical influences operating here also. I started losing my hair and going bald at a very young age. This was already happening by the time I was 19. It was bittersweet because I hated my red hair. I never thought my hair looked attractive. But balding at such a young age was not something I was happy with either. 
it wasn't just my hair, though. Uh, I never thought I was really attractive. At around the same time my hair began to thin, I also began to study metaphysics and learn that our beliefs form our reality. I decided to do something about my belief that I wasn't handsome or attractive enough. If it were true, and I changed my beliefs, then I could change the reality. I decided to begin to believe that I would get better looking with age. The new belief I, uh, I focused on was that I would stay young looking for many years and I would not even reach my most attractive point until my late 40s to mid-50s. I was clear about manifesting this. Since it was a long-range goal, I knew I would have time to remove the current negative beliefs that blocked me and make this an inevitable reality. I remember thinking that I'd be like Dick Clark and stay abnormally young looking for a long time. I would defy what people perceived as normal aging. Over the years, I've run across a number of other people with similar beliefs in this area, other rebels who refuse to commit to beliefs like, it's all downhill after 40, I was in my best in my early 20s, everybody gets fat when they get older, it's impossible to stay fit after 60, forget about having a ripped abdomen after you turn 30. Uh, while I think these things are true for many people, I see evidence of the opposite of these living beliefs all the time. I have friends and clients who are fit and healthy and amazing-looking in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. I've observed a number of people who are active and healthy into their 80s. True beauty is an internal quality that radiates outward to create outer beauty at any age. So far, I've still not gotten glasses. I will do eye training exercises to improve my vision. I'm sure I can resolve this, and, and if I do need glasses or LASIK, then that won't be the end of the world by any means. My body making it difficult for me to see the tiny details of life so clearly is a message in its own right and a valuable one for me to consider. Sometimes being too detail-oriented and nitpicking is my problem. I have no desire to live forever and avoid the process of aging. I expect that in my 80s and 90s I'll be a bit more tired, somewhat less active, and even sexually motivated. I'll probably have a few more wrinkles. The process of aging for me will still be minimal in this world, uh, in comparison to what is supposed to happen. I think that in my mid-90s, I will tire of this world and want to go back home. My body will serve me well until I'm ready to leave it behind for new adventures that don't require a physical body. Until then, screw the typical aging story. I'm going to play the looking younger, attractive, and staying fit game for a number of decades to come. Okay, so I wrote this piece uh, in, in March of 2010, um, and I'll talk about this more in a minute. Uh, I, I see some callers jumping in. Again, thanks for the call-ins. I will not be taking live calls today. Uh, column read shows. I, I, I don't do live calls. Uh, I read a column and talk a bit more about it uh, so that all the listeners live in, 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 uh, in, in archive can, can get more out of it. Um, I will be doing uh, live calls in my uh, next astrology update show. Check the schedule for that. Okay, thanks. Uh, I, I was so bad. My moon in Libra wants to accommodate uh, the callers, but it's just not possible for me to do that in these particular shows, guys. Um, okay, so now the interesting thing about this column, of course, again, was written uh, six years ago, uh, a little more than six years ago, actually, I guess technically. Um, you know, my process of aging since then, uh, yeah, uh, you know, two other revelations were revealed in the last six years. One, um, you know, I started to get some actual gray hair uh, in my beard and, and chest hair. Some of my, my uh, normally blonde or brown or red hairs, uh, a bit calico, 
um, have gone, some have gone gray. Um, again, I'm a guy, so of course I really can care less about that. I think it's just sort of an added color to the other three colors that I already have in my my uh, my, my list of hair colors: uh, brown, red, you know, and blonde uh, that I already have. So now we got some gray in there. Cool. No issue there. And I, I did finally have to start wearing reading glasses. Again, I, I still don't wear regular glasses at all for, for, for life. Uh, it's just, you know, it's the reading glasses thing. And, and you know, and I, uh, again, I could get LASIK. I could get things to help with that. But my perspective on it is, you know, dollar store reading glasses work flawlessly. And they cost a dollar. So I have those damn things lying all around the house, all over the place. It's a little frustrating sometimes, though, because sometimes if I don't have my dollar store reading glasses on me, like even like looking at my cell phone is, is tough to see the details. Uh, so it's a little bit of a pain uh, that way. But, you know, I've got so many of them that they're in my car, they're in my gym bag, they're usually in my pocket. I mean, and again, kind of solved in that respect. And, and like I had mentioned in the piece, you know, there is a reflection physically um, of the body, also in terms of metaphysics or, or spiritual disposition. Um, and this is an important thing to, to understand, because I endlessly attempt to explain this to people who uh, seem to struggle with this concept, the idea that if you mention an illness or a disease or a physical issue has a metaphysical or spiritual base behind it, you know, sometimes you'll get people that will say things like, no, 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 it, it, I'm just sick. I didn't want to get cancer. There's no meaning behind me getting cancer. It was random that I got cancer. Yeah, and, and this is an extreme example, guys, in that sense. And, you know, unless you're trying to get people to understand is all events are interconnected. Uh, yes, if you are sick, you're really sick. You didn't manufacture it. You didn't imagine it. In that sense, it's a physical thing that happens to your body. But it's intertwined in that sense, the beliefs and, and patterns internally as well, too. Events are not isolated experiences. They can be read at multiple levels. And the reason I put harp on this point with, with clients and, and in my writing is because when you understand this concept, if you're approaching healing from multiple angles, both physically, health, diet, exercise, beliefs, energy patterns, um, you know, vibrational fields, if you're approaching things from multiple angles, your potential to transform, heal, um, is much more highly um, uh, likely because you're approaching it at multiple angles in that sense. So that, that's where the wisdom comes from in, in, in ultimately understanding that concept. But bringing this back around to the thing with the eyes and the glasses, you know, I've always been very meticulous in detail. Uh, I have three planets in a conjunction of Virgo. From my astrological fans and followers who understand that concept, in a conjunction, Mars, Uranus, and Pluto, all conjunct in Virgo in my fifth house. So, uh, you know, uh, I always have been hypercritical in a way of my body and maintenance and life, and, and you know, and, and it has contributed a lot to my expertise in the fields that I have worked in in my life as well, too. So that has been the benefit. You know, the negative side of this, sometimes I'm nitpicking and I'm, I'm too focused in a way that, that is, is negative. So I think, you know, my not being able to see the tiny little detail has a deeper meaning behind it, aside from it being a common practice in aging. It's a message for me to not be so concerned obsessively with the detail. 
um, you know, at this point, I'm actually 51. You know, I wrote that piece. I was in my 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 mid 40s, and uh, other than that, you know, six years later, those two things that I mentioned are the extent of my aging. Again, you know, maybe another wrinkle or two around the eyes, and things like that. But really, for the most part, people still typically now think I look like I'm in my early 40s. So I seem to have this sort of 10-year window thing, you know, 8- to 10-year window thing that, that people think in terms of, of my aging, uh, which is cool. I, I, I like that. Again, still a compliment. It's always been there that way for me. But, yeah, still the same, still the nitpicking with, uh, you know, I've got moisturizers right next to my remote control, um, nail clippers. I've got tweezers to pluck hairs from disgusting places like your ears and <laughs> things like that. I can't go on watching TV. I, I typically do these type of things, moisturize my feet. You know, it's it's just very habitual for me almost in that sense to do that. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, it's not something I, I find to be, to be a chore. But going back to the original point behind this piece, um, you know, yeah, I, I had a lot of health issues when I was younger. Um, I, I was very prone to allergies, sinus infections, um, I had uh, often, I would often get colds and flus. Um, I uh, realize now, looking at pictures of myself when I was younger, that it was actually kind of cute. But I didn't see that, and I did the best I could to mar my looks in some ways. There were multiple reasons behind that. Uh, I talked about that in my first book that I wrote, Dirty Little Secrets, about um, where a lot of that stemmed from in that sense. But... Um, you know, I made this decision to become healthier, stronger, more attractive, more confident with age. And, and, and that has happened. Uh, like I said, I'm probably a little past the midpoint of this life. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very grateful for, for the shape that I'm in. I, you know, I, I work out four times a week, sometimes five. Um, it's, so it's funny because people, you know, I started doing that when I was like 16 or 17. And the, and the interesting thing about that is where that stems from, to some extent, was dual. Again, partly it was vanity, the urge to, you know, pretty myself up and become stronger um, uh, as well. But the interesting part of it is a lot of where that stemmed from, the working out, had a lot to do with the fact that I was bullied a little. I didn't have incredible bullying, but I had a number of bullies, you know, here and there in the neighborhood and a few at school. Uh, some of my siblings at times, unfortunately, were a little bit bullies more uh, verbally than anything else. Um, and the motivating factor for me was, you know, if I get much more buff and in shape, it's going to tend to ward off bullies. So that was another aspect of it, uh, which is funny because, again, that, that's really worked. I don't, you know, I notice this all the time. Like when I, if I post something on Facebook, um, I We'll get comments about it, generally positive and in agreement. I almost never get anybody uh, disagreeing or attacking. I think uh, friends and, and clients who are Facebook fans or followers of my uh, uh, as friends or on my fan page, uh, which you're welcome to to link onto all that information is on my website too. Um, don't kind of go in for the jugular on the attack. Um, I think that's dual. One, I'm very verbally strong. I'll protect myself in, in that respect, and I, I love a healthy debate and argument. So I'm good at that. And, you know, the other side of it, of course, is, you know, I just don't think I'm the type of person that people attack. You know, just energetically, there's, there's animal totem work I've done with that. 
that I've done with clients in sessions to develop that disposition. And, and again, a lot of it's physical. I'm a big guy. I'm you know 208-pound, you know, bald-headed, muscular, uh, boxer-looking dude. You know, I think people are less antagonistic uh, for that particular reason. But, um, you know, again, there's a benefit to, to these things that, that, that are intricate to it. But, but what, what I really stressed about this piece, again, is reminding people, again, your thoughts, your beliefs form reality. So um, there's, there's many, you know, there are, are certain limitations in life that you cannot change. For instance, if you're really, say you're a woman and you're 5'1 or 5'2 or a man and you're only 5'4 or 5'5 five five and you're on the shorter side, changing your beliefs is not going to realistically make you grow physically taller. Um, you know, we, we, there are limitations to the physical universe in that sense in terms of the way those things work. Uh, mass agreements that we've made about the structure of reality. But that said, if you focus on the idea of being taller and having a stronger presence and coming across much more um, uh, with, a, with, a, with a much larger personality or disposition, and that is your focus, you will change the way people respond to you in that sense. You'll often uh, find people surprised that when they actually find out you're, you're, you're that height because they'll tend to look at you uh, in a different way. And it, it, again, a lot of it is how you carry yourself in that sense. So you can still change your beliefs to some extent in areas where there are, are limitations in that respect. And, you know, when it comes to health and healing and things of that nature, um, listen, in a very, very real way, uh, people, when people miraculously cure, uh, are cured of diseases and other factors that doctors are even stunned by, Again, this to me is the, the shift in beliefs, the change in perception of self, a change in belief status and the way you view life. Once that's done, uh, there often are uh, what would be perceived to be miracles in terms of change. Uh, you know, there's an old expression, metaphysical one, that miracles are nature unimpeded, and, uh, which is a really good expression to contemplate in that area. So, you know, the point I'm getting at again with all of this, is you know, in all areas of your life, you're not as stuck as you may think in terms of the areas that are limited or blocked. And, and when it comes to health, uh, healing and, and, and aging, uh, remember, uh, and this is a really significant thing to, to contemplate, yeah, there are certain structural dynamics that operate. You know, when you're 45, there isn't as much need for a lean or uh, stronger body in that sense because the focus of, of where your energy is is often different. But can you have a lean, in-shape, strong body at 45? And the answer to that is absolutely. You know, I saw a, a video the other day of a woman that was in the valley in, 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 in Phoenix. Uh, she wasn't from here, but she was teaching here. And she was teaching yoga classes. And she is 108. And, you know, uh, fascinating. Uh, to me, in that sense, here's a 108-year-old woman who uh, is lively and obviously in shape, and you know, in some levels, that's almost kind of trippy. I mean, there's a good chance this woman is may push toward 120. I'm thinking here, uh, you know, uh, this is wild. There's a gentleman at my gym that just celebrated her birthday, and I see him all the time. He's always there with his son. The two of them work out together. Well, here's a drum roll. Um, he just turned 97 
and his son is 72, and the son is a boxer, and he is, in, the 97-year-old man is in, in really considerably good shape. He, he works out. He does a treadmill every day. Um, 97. <laughs> you know, that makes me laugh because, you know, a lot of six-year-olds don't even do this. You know what I mean? This mayor's a man that's 97. So, uh, listen, people are, 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 are quote-unquote, messing with, with the aging process all the time in a good sense. And, and I'm proud to say that I am one of them. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm very healthy. I, I don't, you know, I, I mean, there's stuff that comes up in, in that respect, but, but I have uh, done a lot to uh, change gears about my my perceptions of of aging uh, in that respect, and one, one that I guess that I think is most funny is uh, this this idea that sexual drive will decrease with age. Um, I'll be 52 in, in late November, and I can tell you that that has not changed one iota. I'm I'm smarter about my focus on what I do with that sexual energy um, and whether I act on it and, and you know, and I'm able to uh, be more uh, discerning in, in the way I operate w- with that energy. But in terms of um, drive, uh, in terms of physicality and energetically, it's still the same as it was, you know, 30 years ago. So I don't really know. Uh, another reason why that one hasn't really necessarily affected me. Uh, I guess some people can joke and say maybe it's because I'm half Italian, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not going to put that much stock in that idea either. It just is not the case. Uh, I have a, my two brothers are one brother that's 54, another brother that's 60, and believe me, they're both uh, hypersexual as as well too. So their their characters in that respect as well. Maybe it's something in our in our in our blood. I don't know, but that, that's not a like a, a non-issue that way. And I think when people change gears on on what your priorities are, and I think that really in and of itself is is normal in that sense um, at, at, at multiple levels. You know, I uh, when I when I put my column out. Uh, this month, if you if you're already getting my my monthly snake oil newsletter and and you read it, you'll know that about two to three years ago, I started um, I started uh, running a channel corner, which was uh, just kind of a couple paragraph quotes from different channeled material I um, I have collected over the years. Uh, you know, a big part of my metaphysical study in the 80s and the 90s when I began uh, this process of, of really studying metaphysics was reading channeled material. Uh, anyone in my age bracket or even a little older is probably going to know that the 80s, um, late 70s to 80s and even early 90s were really a heavy boom of, of channelers around, people channeling and speaking for deceased entities. And there was Ramtha and Lazarus and Seth and the Michael material and... Uh, Bartholomew, and a whole series of different channeled material. Uh, it's interesting that there's so much less of that around in comparison. That really was a, a big effect for, for almost two decades. Um, and uh, the material, I mean, some of it was, some of the channels were better than others, um, but a lot of it was really profound and, and quite brilliant. Uh, for a while, I got a, a magazine called Spirit Speaks, which was a collection of some of the more famous channelers at the time who were channeling and, and they would do a, a you know monthly or every other month maybe it was um, a magazine that they'd ask you to channel or to speak 
and comment on uh, the different subjects. So I have all these collected books and material. So I started putting um, some information uh, in, my, in my monthly column of, of some actual quotes from some of these channels. So let me read this to you because, of course, it corresponded with the subject of the column this month. And this one uh, is from um, Ramon Stevens who channeled um, uh, an entity named Alexander. And again, just a couple of paragraphs. It's very powerful. He, he's talking about the filter of, of, of different ages and the quote-unquote filter of middle age. He says, again, the body always reflects the state of the psyche and the filter of a given age. Those in middle age may observe with concern and dismay their bodies of youth losing their fine, sharp edges as the bathroom scale seems determined to torment you at every opportunity. The flexibility of the youth giving way to awakening new and unwelcome aches and pains. Remember the filters of life. Youth is the age of exploration. Exploration the span of inquisitiveness and searching experience in every facet of life. Flowing from this, early adulthood is a time of choice when much exploration may be required to choose effectively. But by middle age, most choices are made. What need has the middle-aged adult for a strength and agility of youth? There is no reason, given the filter of consolidation, why that body needs to be maintained that way. The psyche supplies the constant flow of energy into your life. In youth, that energy is almost all directed into the body. Its construction, its growth, and exploration. In middle age, with exploration behind, that energy is better spent intellectually, in meeting with the demands of one's career, marriage, and often parenthood. It's not that the body is in decline, but that the focus of one's energy shifts from pure physical activity to physical activity driven by intellect. The psyche is thus reconfigured to devote more energy to the mind, to focus concentration on the choices made rather than frenetic activity. Now, as you were seeing in your day, there's a rise in the number of men and women who will continue to perform athletically almost as well as they did in their youth. Once again, your beliefs built upon the medical model of a body decaying from birth or, or, or being left off the planet. There's no reason whatsoever why the body cannot remain fit vigorous, vital, and active for the entire duration of a life. Indeed, this is the plan. It's only when you saddle the body's innate resilience with beliefs about aging, about death, that you find little results in the breakdown of so many elderly bodies. As one more slap in the face of science and medicine, then, as a the new dawn approaches, you find middle-aged and elderly persons demonstrating athletic prowess to put to shame many in the stage of youth. We say this to emphasize that while the psyche does refocus its energy into the intellect rather than youth's exclusive concentration on activity, there is no suggestion that the body must decline in resilience or strength. It may require more work to maintain that, ta that, maintain that tone, however. Uh, this is from uh, a, a, a book called Whatever Happened to Divine Grace by, again, Ramon Stevens. Um, so, uh, again, great piece, and, and I cannot, you know, stress this enough, having been very, very blessed in, in my life to have come in, so to speak, at a time when channeling was at its boom, and, and I just read and explored so many of, of these things. You know, this is what, what is always um, uh, such an interesting dynamic, uh, because, uh, you know, the, I've read lots of amazing channeled material from, from different channels. Again, if you're in my home office, you'll see 
books upon books stacked all over the place, and there's many more hidden magazines and things that I had collected over the years, but um, again, so much of it is awesome. My two favorites uh, have always been uh, Jane Roberts, who channeled Seth, and, uh, and the Michael material, uh, the, the, the series of books that were originally written by Chelsea Queen Yarbrough, and then later there were many other Michael uh, channelers and writers, including uh, Jose, Jose Stevens who's awesome. Um, uh, so those were my two favorites. But again, so many others that I really, really liked, Bartholomew and, and uh, Lazarus and, and a number of others that have popped in and out. But there's much more extensive material available uh, through Jane Roberts and, and the channeling of Seth and, uh, and through the Michael material as well. But, you know, I, I've read all those books uh, many years ago and I reread them every few years and I continue to be blown away by the depth of, of this material and, and how brilliant it, it really ultimately is, uh, most of this uh, of the, the, the good material in that respect. And there was some that were a little more questionable. Um, uh, Ramtha was a famous channel in the uh, uh, late 70s and the 80s, and, and some of those books were actually quite good. But there was a lot of controversy around Ramtha's um, uh, material and the seminars were running people, you know, thousands of dollars for two-day seminars, and there was a lot of money that was exchanging in a way that kind of tainted it. And then some of the material was a little questionable too, even though again the brunt of it was still fairly good. But that's again more of an issue of the the woman who channeled and got caught up in a lot of that as well. So, okay, here's my spiel on channeling. So um, back to the original point here. Um, like I'm reminding people, you know, no matter what age you are, um, you can begin to um, uh, become healthier. You can become stronger. You can age better. You you can do that, guys. Uh, you, you 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 even if you're 80 years old, you can begin to change your beliefs about aging. Uh, do uh, some physical things to begin to alter that process. In some respects, um, and if you don't want to. Uh, then don't do that, uh, you know. But the the benefits of of being in shape, of of being healthy, um, of aging well, and you know, even dare I say, being attractive, being pretty, in that respect, are are, are numerous. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I certainly would never like place myself in the model category by any means. I can look in the mirror and I can note many many a flaw, but. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I guess, again, I've been very lucky that way. And then also, in addition to the changing and shifting of my beliefs, to have some good genetics, um, have good astrology. I'm Taurus rising, which is Venus ruled. Uh, Venus is very well placed in my chart, which can create um, either or both, like, attractiveness or just being charming in that respect, which surely in themselves can be an interchangeable commodity in that respect, and I have a lot of uh, stuff going on in my sixth house. Um, the moon is in the sixth house, and Venus is in my sixth house, um, and, and both of those things. Sixth house is work, service, health, body maintenance, fixing, repairing. So I, these things come very natural to me, in a way, in that sense, in terms of enjoyment. Uh, but again, you don't have to have that in a chart like I do to necessarily take advantage of some of that dynamic. And again, I will tell you that. Because I can be charming, I can be funny, you know, um, uh, uh, some people think I'm, I'm attractive and, and, and cute uh, in that way. It, it has benefited me tremendously 
in that sense. I have many a funny story about some of the things things I've gotten away with by being flirty, uh, and I never stopped doing that at some level or another because, you know, it, it's never done in a way that is maligning anybody or taking anything away or causing an ill effect. Um, I, you know, when I was in Vegas recently uh, last month, um, you know, every time I go to, like, the snack bar to order a sandwich or, or coffee for the morning and the afternoon, you know, I go up and, and I, I, I have, I'm able to use my player's card, so I actually get my food for free anyway. But because I always go up, I put a dollar in the chip jar. I often kind of flirt with a girl uh, or even boys sometimes behind the counter in a humorous way and make them laugh, and I smile and I say something funny or I'm complimentary in a way. You cannot believe how much free stuff I get. I mean, it is almost comical. They're up there. I, they say, take a banana, They're, you know, they give me a coffee, and they just suddenly put it, they give me a large one and charge me for a smaller one. It's, you know, uh, it's cute. It's nothing staggering in any way, but um, I like it. It's something I've always been able to do in that respect. And, and like I said, again, is it the physicality or is it just the energy? Is it a combination of, of those things? But, yeah, we, in, in, a, in a practical world, when you when you have, Good Venus energy, again, astrologically, you're coming across as attractive or, or charming. You get more stuff. You get away with things. You, you get more access to things in a way. It, it just kind of is. Um, and, and listen, and this, it doesn't have to stop when you're 85. You can go to an old age home, and there's always going to be a couple of women and men that are in 80s and 90s or some of even older that are getting lots of dates and people are attracted to them and, you know, they just have something about them that is, is attractive in, the, in that way. So, again, there's a value in it in that respect. But, you know, for a lot of us, um, you know, depending on religious influences and familial influences, sometimes the messages um, of, of not using that energy is part of a familial structure in a way in terms of iconography. Um, you know, in, in my family, uh, my mother downplayed us using beauty or, or looks in any way, uh, very kind of old-school Catholic. There was a little bit of the kind of be smaller syndrome energy. Um, I think this affected my sisters, my four sisters, more than it necessarily did my brothers as much, but we all were affected by it, this idea of diminishing your looks and, and your beauty. And, you know, my family, everyone's in their 50s and, and 60s now, all my brothers and sisters. My youngest sister just turned 50. And, um, listen, we're, uh, we're, we're a, a good-looking family. But we never knew we were, you know, as well, too. Again, a lot of that was downplayed. So, you know, that's another part of opening up and looking at your beliefs and other things that blocked us in that way. Because always remember, again, whatever your astrology is, your genetics, a lot of uh, more more of your life really has to do with the beliefs that you have about the self. So the issue becomes looking at those beliefs and recognizing that you can change them. Uh, one of the sessions I do with my clients uh, are called reality change sessions. And, and that is the focus. We, I tell you how to do this, how to unlock, look at the beliefs that you have and, and give you processes to change them. Um, uh, sessions can be done in office. These sessions can be done by phone. A truly worthy endeavor. Um, or, or you know, there are books and things that you can get yourself and study and learn this as well. So you don't have to do it through me. 
Um, I just have studied it so I can usually condense it and make that uh, understandable to people. Okay, looks like we're running out of time here. So uh, we're going to finish on that note. Um, I have to check my schedule, but I will be back either next week or the week after. I'm just not sure whether I booked it for next Thursday or the following one. Um, a little dinghy with that talent of Mercury retrograde scenario going on the last week in Virgo. So uh, specifically eluding me at the moment. But yeah, I'll be doing an astrology update show, so um, I'll kind of fill you in on what's going on astrologically as well as um, I'll be able to take a few live calls during that show because I usually do a little bit of a longer show purposely for that reason. So thanks for joining me today. Again, if you're not already getting my column, Email me, VentureSag, Yahoo.com, edge of the uh, free monthly newsletter mailing list. Uh, there's no cost for this. Um, information about all the services we offer, VentureSag, uh, I'm sorry, uh, JimVentura.com, and uh, get information about that. So, again, thanks for joining me today. Happy uh, beginnings of fall, and we'll catch you with everyone next time. Cheers. <laughs>